Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tampa Bay Cop Talk. I'm Darius. I'm Jordan. I'm J- oh, go. Uh, and I'm Andrew. David. <laughs> there we go. It's always like that, right? Dude, this intro so- just makes me want to drink. It really <laughs> so does. hard, guys. It's hard. It's hard. That's, you know, it's 2020. We're, we're just going to have to like start assigning numbers. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three, four. Dude, that, well, I should have said that. I'm all about the math. We should, yeah, you definitely. Are, you are. Well, you know, our our setup, our start, still not as dysfunctional as international football, guys. Oh, my gosh. So let's get to it. Straight to it. Liverpool and international football, a story like water and oil. Uh, it's just it's mud and white shoes. It's, it's not working out, guys. So Liverpool have seen just a rash of injuries on the pitch over the last few months, over the last couple of weeks, particularly. And now to add to it, the international break has not been kind to the Reds. So let's go through and take a look. Among the guys who have been injured for Liverpool over the international break, I guess you can throw in Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was hurt in the Manchester City game. But we've also seen now Joe Gomez go out with injury. There's questions about whether or not Fabinho and Nabi Keita are going to be back. Mohamed Salah, he got covid uh, whew, am I missing anybody? Hendo, Hendo got pulled out half Hendo, time. He was pulled from uh, England. Uh, so yeah, basically a whole starting eleven for Liverpool are on the injury table at the moment. So I can't tell if this is a sick joke or not. <laughs> but there's this rumor going around that somebody in the Brazil squad. Yes, just, no, it's not a rumor. It's not a rumor. Not a rumor. It was five days ago. They it, t- okay, but. This now there's this rumor going around that Bobby tested positive. Yes, there's the rumor that Allison and Bobby might have to quarantine and self-isolate because oh this guy named what was his name? Gabby Miedo or something. I've yeah. never even heard of this. He kid. was a guy who's not really a big part of the squad, but he trained oh with them for an entire week and tested positive for COVID <laughs> so, two or three days into that week. Stop I saw it football. I saw it on like social media, right? Like this rumor that uh, I saw someone post Allison and Bobby might have to quarantine. So I looked it up and I was like, well, this is from five days ago. Like, why would this now just be popping up? Bobby and Allison played in a qualifier for Brazil recently. Like if they had COVID, they wouldn't have been playing. But apparently it's picking up more and more steam. And that's never a good thing, is it? Uh, but yeah, uh, having international football in the middle of a pandemic for and like specifically like the European nations, like for a tournament that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> they tried to squeeze in qualifiers for Euros and European Nations League into one window and have three matches. Like, what is this insanity? Because Klopp comes off the pitch at Man City and he's going, you know, like we need more break time for these players. Trent Alexander-Arnold gets hurt because he's playing these games so frequently. We don't get the five substitutions. So I can't even give him a break that way. And then it's almost like it was a premonition of sorts because then every single player of matter for us from that point forward just starts going down with injuries and or gets COVID at his brother's wedding because he's not wearing a mask. But, you know, whatever, like personal responsibility a little bit. But at the same time, like this international break has just caused more issues and not even just for us. It happened to Manchester United. Raheem Sterling pulled up in England. Like, you know, at some point, I get it. The FA is really, you know, it feels like the English national team is really important. It's more important than your club football. But, you know, your main product's the Premier League, and it's going to come back on the other side of this international break without a massive amount of stars playing in it. I I mean, I do think that it is kind of obvious when we sit and talk about the international games that don't matter because we can give an excuse to, okay, 
qualifying for the Euros, sure. Even Nations League, it's like, it's it's a game that's set up to matter. But let's look at it from this standpoint, because I, I think we could talk all day about the games that don't matter. What can be done to kind of mitigate the travel across? Because this is something that's probably going to pop back up as we get back into Champions League play, because there's going to be clubs running into clubs from other countries, crossing international borders. Is this something where it's just, okay, the games that don't matter, we just shut them off or no international travel? I mean, what is the approach that we kind of have to take here? What do you guys think? I mean, we probably should, uh, at least during the second wave. You know, they really, one of the things that pisses me off about all this, and it's something that Neil Atkinson from the Anfield Rap has kind of banged on about, and as the uh, the NBA today announced that they've come up with an entirely custom schedule for their season, you know, I started thinking about it again because you had a chance. Like, you had weeks. You had months to come up with a plan for 2020, 2021 about how you could uh, lay out this season and do something completely different. Be creative. Instead, they just said, no, we're just going to force all these games to happen and the schedule's going to be bananas and we're going to, wear the shit out of all these players well for what for what like you could have gone and said okay we're going to do like a split season like the winner of each season will play each other you could have done anything you wanted you could have come up with a playoff scenario messed with that idea for once i'm sorry there was a million different ways you, you could have laid out the season and just justified it by, hey, look, these are unique circumstances. The world is in a different place. So we're going to try something that we've never done before. They didn't do that. They just said, no, we're going to force all this shit to happen. And now you've got international football on top of it. And at a time where like, I'm sorry, these players shouldn't be traveling this much. And for games that mean what? Like what is <laughs> And like, I get it. Okay. It's cool that Scotland made the euros and, and like, there are, I'm not saying the international footy doesn't matter at all, but at this point in time, I mean, it's largely contrived and you want to know why the big clubs are trying to break off and form their own thing. Well, maybe so they can have 55 man squads since you're only going to use players from their squads for your international teams anyways. And it's no, is it any wonder they want to have more players or is it any wonder they want to have more control? Because now we're in this situation where fucking James Milner might have to play in goal. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I can't totally blame the clubs for being frustrated, you know, or the club fans. While I understand, look, was it kind of nice to see the U.S. men's national team play? Like, maybe a little bit. I don't really want to admit it, but yeah, maybe a little bit. Different for (laughs) us, though. Different for us because, like, there's no crossover between – our club and our nation at the current present time, right? That's true. Like, like it doesn't, they don't intersect at any point, right? So for us, it's a little different. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see the U.S. team. But yeah, other than that, like whatever, I, I could do without seeing the U.S. team if it meant. And to, to Darius's question about do we just stop international travel? I don't know if you stop international travel or, you know, Liverpool probably has its protocols and then the English national team has its protocols Very and you're true. having, you're having players go from one set of protocols into a different set of protocols. And there's this travel over moment with like, which protocols are they following while they're moving from team A to team B. It should all just be the clubs and the clubs have the most investment in these players. They're the ones that pay their wages. They are the employees of the clubs. The national team is all supposed to be, you know, volunteerism, blah, blah. they do get paid for that. But you know, the spirit of it is that like, you know, you're playing for your country. It's a duty that you do it. They're employees of the club the club should be overseeing them in a time where there's a pandemic and their health's on the line. 
If they stay in one set of protocols, I feel like it's a little bit more manageable, even if they are flying overseas for stuff like the Champions League, because then at least there's still that one set of protocols and everyone's following the same steps and the club's been on top of them every single day following it. Um, so I don't know if you got to cut out all international travel or, hey, yeah, like David said, let's just take a little break from international football for a little bit because, yeah. What's what's the purpose? Well, I, w- I will like, say we don't want to necessarily get it to a standpoint where it's now we're just judging games like what's more important because if we were playing the Euros or Euro League and then you're still playing the Champions League but you're not doing international football now it's just like it's a clear well we're playing the games that are going to make money the games that are for the nations <laughs> screw you guys so <laughs> we don't we don't yeah. want that either. Yeah, the re- yeah. reason I Do bang we- on about this, the reason I kind of bang on about the schedule a little bit is because you should have built in time so that if you needed to make adjustments to uh, like, uh, you know, adapt to COVID circumstances, you could have done it, but it, we haven't done any of that. Like we've just left ourselves with like this very tight window and don't be surprised if like football gets shut down again at some point. And that's frustrating that they didn't even think like, well, look, this is probably going to happen. So we have to like build in a schedule since we have this opportunity to just make a schedule. Let's build in a time frame that like we can be more flexible. No, there was none of that foresight. It was like, we got to make this money. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance that you could have just played club football on a decent schedule. And then if you don't take these international breaks in the middle of the season, you can end the season by what? March, April. And then you can do your international football stuff on the tail end. You can get people qualified for the euros ahead of time. And, you know, the other teams can play warm-ups while those teams qualify. And the nation, again, the Nations League, it's a new tournament. If it, we don't do it this year, is anyone going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> like, you know, it, ha- it doesn't have that prestige. And, UEFA uh, will be like, oh, no. That's yeah, whatever. <laughs> what, what do you think, Andrew? You know, Andrew, Columbia, you're dying to get in, man. Colombia got smashed by Ecuador. I'm sure oh. you could have done without this international break. I, I'm still getting over this Bobby Allison news. I'm I'm trying to. I'm still. I'm. That's the first me hearing about that. I, I'm, I'm just. Yeah, way to make him feel good. good. Yeah. Uh, sorry. God damn it. Um, GD. Um, no. And then just listening to y'all talk about the international stuff. So for me, I will say this: It's like, look, they had to do international football. They had to do every kind of football because at the end of the day, it's all about money. And look, let's be honest: England gonna be all right. But like, what about countries like Slovenia? They're they're promised a certain amount of TV money or X, Y, and Z. So there's that. But then what Jordan was saying at the end is what I was just thinking. It's like, look, don't most European leagues have a winter break? I know Poland does. I know doesn't Germany, Germany right? Does. So if yeah. if the the Britain, the, you know, the British people were like, oh, let's do a winter break, then like, you know, they could have done you know X amount of games during that winter break time, or as Jordan said, like at the tail end of the season going into in into the euros and whatnot i don't know why but here's the thing what what's frustrating is more um fuck the players for a second (laughs) it's more of like the consumers right it's like now we're getting a shittier product so to speak and because you know like that team you know that eight-year-old kid that loves seeing mo salah or kevin de bruyne or sergio aguero like they're injured they're not playing you know what i mean so it's, I feel bad for the consumers. I feel I don't envy the people at the top making these decisions, even though most likely they're corrupt and they'll be in jail in like eight years from the F, like an FBI investigation or whatever. I don't shot Bay Bruce. Yeah, look, I don't I don't envy I don't envy the people, uh, you know, like 
in the international competitions or, you know, teams like Gareth Southgate or whatever, you know, like decisions they have to do because at the end of the day, they're trying to do their jobs, but food on the table, so to speak. Like, well, yeah, I, all I don't of this blame. is a shitty well, situation. You make, a, yeah. you make an interesting point there about the consumer. Oh, like, well, thank you. Thank you, David. No, but because... I'll take all the compliments I can get <laughs> in this year. <laughs> no, but seriously, because like if you're a Leicester supporter, right, and now you go, you go out and you beat Liverpool, like this is a game that you look forward to all season. You're top of the table coming into this. And now you, you let's say you go beat Liverpool at Anfield. You're the first team to do so in a while, but everybody looks at you and goes, well, yeah, but like half the team at COVID in the other there, half. There, it's a win with an asterisk. No, I get it. No, no, to yeah. be fair, to be fair to Leicester, they have suffered enough injuries too to the point where they're right there with Liverpool. So they and sure, understand. And, and also Liverpool let's not forget to this. There is the piggyback yeah. off that. You know what I'm saying? City, City yes, has 16 yeah. injuries. We have 15. Right. So it's it's so not just a Liverpool problem, by the way. Like I understand we're coming at it from a standpoint of Mo Salah and Tadio get COVID and then Tiago, uh, and then we gotta worry about these dudes. It's not just Liverpool. It's Man City, it's, 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 it's Leicester, it's Aston Villa. Hell, everyone is dealing with Soon. the injury bug right now. Hey, Christmas, those lower league clubs that were like, no, we need three substitutes only. We'll be like, actually, uh, maybe could we do five substitutes? Because their players are going to start dropping like flies right. too. And they're going to be like, again, once again, clubs at the bottom, no foresight, only thinking about themselves. And then they're going to be like, wait a second, could we scramble possibly to have a midseason vote for five substitutes? Because now that we have fixture congestion, everyone's not fit. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, God damn it, compromise and put four instead of five. I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, Klopp was Klopp in his post game from Manchester City was like, I don't know, maybe the big six can get together and we can just have five substitutes and we play each other. I don't know, maybe we could do that. <laughs> He's like to figure something out because oh, it's insane. God. But well, like, like, yeah, like like a a super league. We'll call it. <laughs> oh, <God>. No. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. The, no the more, more Super more, Saiyan League. No Death Star talk tonight, guys. The more and more shit 2020 gets, the more and more reasonable European Super League sounds, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is that what it's going to be? They're going to talk us into it where it's like, well, you know, maybe that Death Star thing, that just, that's not a bad yeah. idea. Let's do it. When we're all wiping our asses with our hands God. because toilet paper no longer exists, <laughs> we'll be enjoying the Super League on our smartphones via Peacock for $20. $20 a, a match. $20 a half. You get a half for twenty dollars, and we'll be like, "This is this is paradise. This is what I dreamed of." <laughs> All because of this fucking COVID thing, man, has shifted our perspectives on everything. All right, all right. Well, let's get a little bit of like a rain on this conversation for the internationals because we could sit and moan about it all day long, honestly. But just <clears throat> what is going to be the big takeaway from international football at the end of the year? Is are we going to look back and say, you know what, that was a tumultuous time, but we still got international football. We still feel good. Like what is going to come out of this? No, no, I think fuck the internationals. What's interesting to me is the, the idea of like, like breakthrough young players. Like I, I've said this in earlier episodes where, you know, that Robertson story where he had a Curry takeaway one year and then next year he's playing in the champions league final, like that kind of idea where, because as you've said, city's injured, Aston Villa, et cetera, et cetera. Well, maybe they'll have to go through, go to their academy yeah. um to you know have a breakthrough star so or, you know to fill in and then the next thing you know you have the next premier league star right there right so i'm interested the to Daniel see that phillips. like that say again there yeah. you go nathan phillips yeah. reese williams i'm telling you it's a thing it could be a thing or you know it, it, it kind of reminds me of that keanu reeves movie and gene hackman uh the replacements 
uh, where they like the NFL lockout and, you know, they got all these replacement yeah. players. It's like kind of like that. I, I'm interested to see if like, you know, some cool stories arrive, not only from a human perspective, but also, you know, it'd be interesting to see like the, the mental side of these players and like how far they can go and dig deep and, and just keep on keeping on, so to speak. Like Dory says, you got to keep swimming, right? So to answer the question, Darius, tell me who won the Nations League last year. I mean, Portugal, but most people probably don't know that. Right? Like, so, like, oh, I, I actually... thought it was the Netherlands. I forgot. See, exactly. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Right? My point being, like, no one's going to care about who won the Nations League. And first of all, there's four levels of Nations League. There's going to be a Nation League B tournament. Who won mm-hmm. that last time around? Does anyone know? No. Exactly. No one fucking knows. No one cares. So, <laughs> no one's going to remember anything about international football. And we'll go into the Euros, and that's, and that's for the summer. That's where international football lives. In the summer, and that's where the important international football happens and that's what we'll take away from international football and no one will remember all they'll remember is like wasn't it shit when all our players died because they went to play <laughs> international football and that's what i think the takeaway will be david real quick let's get a bow on international football when we look at this from the end of the year uh i think andrew hits it on the head with the the rise of like guys you never heard of at the club level just because of all the stuff that ends up happening to you know players that you know on international duty. I mean, other than that, there's really not a whole lot to take from it other than, you know, so-and-so qualified, so-and-so didn't. I mean, you know, international footy is often devoid of much meaning, if I'm being honest, other than, you know, just getting the job done to get to the World Cup or to get to the Euros because these are the meaningful tournaments. And that's actually a perfect segue into uh, this little clip that you guys put together last year from uh, talking about Kirby, the new training facility for Liverpool, which we'll get to in just a second, but enjoy this little clip. It's supposed to be our La Masia. What La Masia was, was Barcelona's youth facility started by Johan Cruyff. Build our own identity, cultivate our own talent. The best Barcelona that ever existed was La Masia made. It was at the forefront of nutrition, of sports science at its time. You know, that's, yeah, yeah that's what you're And building. that's what Kirby has become. That's An what Kirby has to yeah, be. Exactly. You want to be sustainable. It's yeah. a lot easier to buy the best 17-year-old in the world for $5 million and cultivate him than to buy Kylian Mbappe <laughs> for $250 million three years later. You know what I mean? Right. we got to build our own identity, and we have to cultivate our own talent now because we can't just go out there on the continent and buy people anymore. It's unfortunate. Everybody's going to have to do it, but look at where we are. We were at just the right moment. We're opening a new training facility. Yeah. We're developing some of the best youngsters in mm-hmm. England in the form of Curtis Jones, Nico Williams. Yeah. These are all guys that now, when they train, instead of being at another facility off in another part of town, are just a field over from Jurgen Klopp and Mo Salah. And you're going, I'm five pitches down from being in the first team, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you're at the U18 and you're two pitches over, and Jurgen Klopp's looking down at you every so often, pulling you over. All right, hope you enjoyed that clip. Well, we are going to talk about the next La Masia. Well, Liverpool's La Masia. Anyway, Kirkby, um, we've seen the pictures come out. We've seen now the players go in and actually get to experience it. Uh, you got an MTV-style uh, tour from Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It's on social media if you want to check that out. It's actually kind of really – It's I thought it was really cool to see behind the scenes. Uh, some of the things they have set up and – now we're starting to get to see the training session. Skies, it's only a matter of days before the youth are going to get to uh, check it out as well. So how are we feeling about this new $50 million uh, facility for Liverpool? Uh, it's the news thing. So how, how, are we, how are we feeling? 
Oh, um, yeah. I mean, if you listen to the episode, we we talked about how like this is very important to like establishing an identity to being more like you know uh, self like self fulfilling and 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 self like building from within, um, like building a coaching path to bring through new head coaches and new first team coaches, bring building a path for the youth players to come through a more visual path. You know, this is the beginning of the new era of Liverpool football club and the full modernization of the club. Um, we talked about in the episode, Simon Mignolet went to, to Bruges and instantly remarked how the training facilities there were better than at Melwood. And, you know, there's a lot of history at Melwood. There's a lot of aura around Melwood and it's a historical place, but we outgrew it. And we weren't always training at Melwood. So, you know, time to move on. And, and the place is amazing. The tour was cool. I thought the coolest part of the tour was that it, it appeared to me that Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain had actually just walked into the building for the first time about 10 minutes mm-hmm. prior to filming that and was actually discovering the building with us. Because a lot of times he's like, I've been told there's a pool in here. And then he opens the door and he's like, there's a pool. <laughs> oh, wait, the water's actually hot. Like, he was, like, <laughs> excited about a lot of this stuff. Like, ooh, I didn't so, know we had this. But all the things we talked about in the episode aside, the one like newer thing that, that came into my head when I, I saw the picture of Sadio Mane and he wrote underneath in the caption, like, just like the first day again. And if you had any fears about maybe some of the first teamers feeling like, well, I need a new challenge or like I've outgrown the club. I've won everything I need to win. How do you walk away from working in this $50 million state of the art, you know, Nike symbols everywhere. There's pictures of Trent Alexander Arnold lifting the European cup in it. Like you help build this facility. If you're part of this current first team, how do you just walk away from that and not be like, I actually want to come to work here for a couple of years more. Actually. You get to work in, in your legacy. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I don't really want to leave yet because, because look at these pitches and this pool. Oh man, how many, I want, I can't wait to recover in that hot tub so many times, you know, like how do you just walk away from it? It makes it harder to leave the club. If you know, if you're one of those people that are like, maybe Mo wants a new challenge, maybe Bobby wants a new challenge, or, you know, maybe Jeannie's going to Barcelona. It just makes it harder to leave the club. And also on the flip side, makes it easier to recruit now. Um, you know, that's part of the recruiting pitch. It's one of these things like, in like American college football, one of the things that people don't really consider when you recruit 18 year olds, like how did Oregon become successful? Well, they just got cool jerseys, right? Cause 18 year old right. kids want to wear cool jerseys while they're playing football and look cool and swag out. And that's an important thing to an 18 year old. Well, if you're a professional high-end soccer player, what's really important to you is that you get to come to work every day. Cause that's their workspace. That's their office in this amazing, the best in the world facility. Um, and so, like, yeah, if you're a current first teamer, how do you leave? And if you know you're Killian Mbappe or Chelsea, uh, I was just going to interrupt you for that. <laughs> oh, that's going to give you your thing. This is how do goal. you how so, do you turn it down? All of what you're saying leads me to suge- to say, ask you. So, what you're saying is that Mbappe 2021 is a possibility because I'm, he's going to look at that facility and be like, yo. Where do I sign, so son? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? Because if you're this. telling me that, I'm down. I'll say I'm this. Down. A lot of the last decade and a half for Liverpool of getting big name transfers or biggish name transfers to buy in was really all built around the history and mystique and aura of Liverpool Football Club. Um, there wasn't much success around it, really. There wasn't much title challenge. It was just like, come be part of this amazing club. But now we have all the toys around it. We have the new stand. We're going to add another 10,000 seats on Anfield Road. We have the Kirkby facility. We have all those surrounding aspects on top of the fact that we have this mystique as a club. So it's just, you know, 
for a while there, I would argue with people and say Liverpool's the biggest club in the world. And they say, you're not top of your own league. You haven't won any big trophies and big name players don't want to come to you. Well, let's have that conversation now because we've got all the toys and more important than that, because as we've seen, even without all the toys, we could recruit top players with it. We have the mystique. So, I mean, yeah, the thing is, it's just, it's delicioso. It's the best. <laughs> I love it. I wish I could go work out and play there. It looks amazing. Well, David, how about the uh, player development aspect of it? Getting the youth in. I mean, we, we were kind of getting into um, what we're going to have to see now at this point because of the center back injury crisis, seeing young guys like a Reese Williams and seeing uh, Nat Phillips in getting to see these young guys get their shot, get their opportunity and, getting the young guys who are coming in through this world-class facility. I mean, how much is that going to have an impact on the first team, not just this year, but for the next 10, for the next 15, for the next 20, potentially? Yeah, I mean, you hope, right? Like, I think, you know, it's a little bit more of a natural path than it's ever been. Uh, Maybe hopefully, you know, you've got higher-level coaches having more of a hand in their development further down the line because it's just more of a natural relationship there. Um. You know, I, I think it will have an impact because, like you said, there are, it's not just this year. Like, there is a lot of injuries this year. But beyond this year, you look at Brexit implications. A lot, some of the stuff that we talked about on that podcast where, you know, the, the money that's being thrown around on players. I mean, we're not in Manchester City. We're never going to just drop $70 million, $80 million on players routinely. You have to have you know this developmental path, and I think that this definitely puts us in a different place from a mentality perspective, from a physical perspective. Just you know the facilities at players' disposal. What do players want? How, how do you develop guys? You know you you get better results when you surround them with better technology, better coaches, better all of it. And it's a, it, this just makes sense for all of it. You know I, I've seen a little bit of stuff around. Uh, people being very sentimental about Melwood and don't get me wrong. Obviously it was a great home for the club for a long time. Beautiful tributes to Melwood as well. We saw. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And rightfully so, right? Like it it goes way back in the club's history and it's an important part of, you know, how we developed what Liverpool is. But at the end of the day, you also have to keep moving forward and keep developing. And if, if we weren't able to develop this at that site, then it needed to be somewhere else. And that's ultimately what the club decided. And I think it's just, you know, opening a new chapter. It's that next chapter of greatness. I hope Kirkby can go down in, in club history the same way Melwood did. Wow. Well, one other thing. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. No, no, I was just, I just liked David's insight. That's all. <laughs> that was a very like take, like you're just astounded, like you were astounded. Wow. Just, just like, like, you know, wow, you were so, <laughs> yeah. you know, He's I look at David vision, as, as like the journalist that I know. You know? So, so like whenever he speaks, you know. I listen, you know what I mean? So, uh, but no, no, all joking aside, yeah, but I, I just keep thinking of like, you know, the idea of, uh, you talk about that Brexit stuff and is I don't know the rules uh, really well, but something about like there has to be homegrown players or whatever. There's a quota, et cetera, et cetera. But more importantly, you know, it's about money, right? So the idea is that let's not spend a hundred million pounds on the next Sancho. Why don't we spend 2 million pounds on the next Sancho by buying him when he's 15. Right. And for me having that facility again, as Jordan said earlier, 
to a 15 year old, 14, 16 year old. Remember that one Norwegian guy a few years ago? He went, he ended up going to Real Madrid. Odegaard. 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 Yeah. yeah he's playing at Sociedad, I think, right now. Yeah. No? He's on loan, two year loan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So my point being is like, if that was him now, like it'd be, I, I imagine it would be hard for him to say no to Liverpool. At this moment in time. Yeah, maybe even Dele you know Ali mean? chooses us even with Steven Gerrard sleeping if it's at Kirby. <laughs> yeah, um, all, all those things. So, Yeah, maybe you don't need Steven Gerrard to be texting everyone as part of the recruiting efforts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. He can take a nap and you don't miss out on players. Like, it's all right. <laughs> like, Stevie, go take a nap. It's fine. We don't need you. Yeah. <laughs> One of yeah, the more so ridiculous it, stories, by the way. But yeah, continue, Andrew. Sorry. Yeah, but it's just so... It can only be good thing, right? I mean, you put in technology into anything. I mean, besides social media apps, uh, <laughs> we should be all right. It's usually a good idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, but more. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Sorry, Darius, you do your thing. Mm, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just excited to see. I didn't know the thing about what you said about Mane, because I've been talking about that for ages about motivation. And now that puts me like maybe I cancel my therapist appointment later this week. No, that puts go me go watch the inside training. That, they filmed yeah. him as he walked out, and he has like his hands in his pockets, and he's like looking around. He's like, "Wow, okay." And like someone says something to him, like, "Pretty nice, Mane, huh?" And he's like, "Yeah." And like you know, like like yeah, it's. I remember my high school, we built a new high school building my senior year. And I remember being like, I'm so happy. I actually get to like exist in this building, like in the new building. Like that's, there's an energy to that. Like, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. There's an energy. There's a vibe. There's like a, a togetherness, all that kind of bullshit nonsense, but all that, <laughs> yeah, all that emotional bullshit you need in a team. It's like, it's a thing. Humans love that. We're irrational creatures right and i so, didn't even consider like the 14 year olds that we missed out on that would now like look at that facility and be like oh because you know you're like when we're recruiting martin odegaard we're not telling him you're going to train next to virgil van dyke and most it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. no you got to train across town at this other facility <laughs> we're never actually going to ever see you but like yeah we'll see you later but now it's like oh no you get to hang out here yada yada, yeah, yada. Just a couple and then away. and then and then what you tell odegaard be like yo after your training session you go to the hot tub and in the hot tub, we got the PS5 ready to go. <laughs> okay, I'm well, glad no, you got, got that PS5 because at first when you said like, what's going to be waiting for him in the hot tub? <laughs> yeah, I'm what? sorry. I was no, worried. he's going to be in the hot tub at Ice Bath. Baby he's oil have his five-star chef and you're going to be playing FIFA on the new PS5. Oh, well, sure, PS5. Okay, okay. But also it's good. like, hey, you're 15 years old. You do well enough. We're going to pull you over for a couple of sessions to play with the first team. And you can't do that when the facility is 10 miles, 15 miles across town. You can't call yeah. over like, get them on the bus, send them over. Like it's, you know, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, it, okay, the, the way I see it is like, this won't really pay dividends in terms of the academy until like three, five, seven years down the road. We just got to be patient with it as fans but these are the right moves as a business these are the right things you do you invest in the infrastructure of your business to expand to get better to evolve and so on so there's nothing negative about this sure some people might be butthurt that melwood's gone but you gotta look at the bigger picture don't be people. don't be sad it ended be happy it ever happened you know, is well, that the well, damn. I mean, again, right. I, I'm surrounded by people that went to school to learn how to write, and I'm always amazed. <laughs> I stole that idiom from someone yeah, else. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. well, anyway, that's, that's you, a, you, let's celebrate you, its yeah. life, not yeah. more its death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? All you guys are good at that thing called English, and you yeah. know, 
It always amazes me. No, well, I mean, I, yeah, it's going to, it's boss. And the most important thing is that we had a German be part of engineering it. So like, it's gotta be good. It's gotta be great. If a German yeah, was part definitely. of building it, it's definitely good. So I'm, I'm all aboard. <laughs> always. Oh. Definitely. Yeah. I'm just waiting for all of these little uh, YouTube and, and Instagram stars who are in Liverpool to end up walking on the pitch and being amazing like that. I don't know if y'all have seen the Instagram kid, uh, a rat Husini. He's like seven years old, 2031 guys. Like the kid is yeah. seven years old and he's already oh, yeah. like blowing people away. Looking well, forward seen, to it. It's happening. Yeah. Kirkby, oh, getting it together. We did sign that kid. You're right. Oh, I forgot about that. He will be at Kirkby. Yes. Oh, I can't. 2031 wait. is when he'll be. 18. Oh my god. I now I'm not doing another podcast until he starts playing because that's all I'm invested in now. That's guys. all you're invested in. This See seven year old kid. Call me when this kid shows up. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> A rat is coming for you. I notoriously <laughs> pile hopes on the unknown youngsters that aren't even on the team yet. So I'm, he's here at least. So let's do it. We'll, we'll be plugging him into uh, Loney's on the left, rejects on the right. <laughs> hey, whatever happened to that Dan Thomas kid who was in the video with Coutinho and uh, and Jeannie playing against the thirty-seven-year-olds? Uh, who knows? He's probably at a chippy right now, frying uh, up something. I don't know. All right, so enough talking Loney's. about children playing football, <laughs> getting ready for uh, the first team in the next eleven years. We've got a first team match coming up this weekend. It's Liverpool and it's Leicester. Oh, it's not a bad match either. It's top of the table with Leicester sitting at the top. Guys, we are uh, in November and we already have a season defining match potentially for one of these two teams. Again. Again. (laughs) Back to back after seeing last time out. So with this one coming up, it's a little bit of a different feel to it. Um, Obviously coming off of an international break, it's going to be interesting football. Oh, yeah. By the way, both teams have something like 20 combined injuries. So it's going to be interesting to see just how it goes. But I mean, before we get into anything, just Andrew coming into this game, Leicester Liverpool, what does it mean to you? Like, what are you kind of looking forward to? I can't, I can't, I I just can't right now, Darius. I I don't know. I just, I don't know. Uh, Jordan said that Bobby and Allison are have, have the, have Rona. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. No, I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to be there. I'm going with a mask on and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, I don't like games after the international break because everyone, you know, it's always a bit shaky and it's not as, it's not the best product, so to speak. Um, but that being said, from one side, I'm very interested to see what Brendan does because I would imagine he's like evolved as a manager, so to speak. And for me, I think for him, his probably best thing would be to play for a point, right? And it'd be interesting to see if he, if he, if he does that because I think that's probably the right thing to do. But it'd be interesting to see if he, if his ego, so to speak, gets the better of him and he and he goes for the three points because he thinks we're like a wounded bird or something. Um, which I couldn't blame him if he does that, but I, I think that David, David, like. Uh, during the week, you know, in our group chat, he he eased my anxiety a little bit by showing me a showing us eleven, you know, a lineup, and I was like, oh shit, we have those players. All right, well, okay. guys those who are available, they're pretty good. Yeah, those people can play. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, that could that could sneak a one nil to yeah yeah penalty Milner eighty ninth ninth minute. Yeah, that could sneak a one nil. I'm I'm down for that. So. 
that being all said, it's still nerve wracking because it's a Sunday afternoon game, and those just at the end of the weekend, it's just it's just bad vibes. I don't. I, 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 I You've been hungover for a day. You've been drinking for forty hours straight. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at like least two, you. I don't know about the rest. Yeah. Of yeah. Them. Always. Always. Yeah. Um. I. I. So. Um. And I. And the thing is, I don't really know who's gonna start, because, you know, tomorrow we can find out that Keita got COVID again, or that. Chiago like got a foot amputated or some bullshit. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. So it, again, I'm I'm interested to hear what you guys think. But I, I at this moment I don't have a lineup. I don't have a score prediction. I might get a little bit more toasty with this beer a little later in about five minutes and see and see how I'm feeling. Well, you don't have a lineup. I'm pretty sure Jurgen Klopp is not gonna have a lineup until maybe ten minutes before the match. So yeah, exactly. Too bad about that. But Jordan, I mean, what are you kind of looking forward to going into this match? Because it is gonna be a big game at the end of the day. Um. You know, I'm, I want to see what Jurgen throws together. Um, you know, no Mo because COVID precautions, so we can chalk him off. Um, Tiago and Fabinho weren't in training. They were not in training. So today. I don't know if he's given them till all the senior players come back from international, but they've been injured and not training. So that kind of goes against that thinking. Uh, so maybe they're out, but we still have enough quality players. Like, you know, Andrew said, um, so I want to see what Klopp does. Does he throw a couple youngsters out there? Do we see Shimikas in his first game? Um, but Is you know, isn't he injured? Like, he can't, he he's, he's, he played for Greece on international break. He, he was, he was hurt, but he played for Greece. So he's at least well enough to play football. Um, and if Robbo's still suffering from a hamstring, I think at this point, given that Trent's out, we'll probably be a little bit more cautious. Though you did mention uh, that he played for uh, Scotland. Yeah. It's yeah. Fucking 90 insane. on Don't Wednesday. Lie. And they lost to Israel guys. One Who cares? Nil. They deserve to lose after for just for playing Robbo because That's you're a letdown game guys. But you know, I'm actually very interested Andrew brought it up what Mr. Football genius Brennan Rogers does. Um, I'm a well-known Brennan Rogers fan. I am a fan of Brennan Rogers. I think he's a better manager than he gets credit for. Um, I think he was a better manager at Liverpool than he was remembered by the way it ended. Um, people forget that when Jurgen Klopp came in, he gave a lot of credit to Brendan Rodgers for laying the groundwork so that he could just come in and install his system and not really have to build it all the way from the ground up. Um, so in that case, we have to remember that Brendan Rodgers, when given time to prepare for games, is fairly decent. Uh, he did it for us in 13-14, where he had week to prepare for every single league opponent, and we went on a 13-game win streak uh, and beat everyone, everyone in the top four. Um, he granted, I'm looking at the injury list, and if this injury list is accurate, it's basically all of their good defenders. So I mean, so you two and Ndidi both looking like they might be long term. Yeah, and Pereira's not back yet. Done right. And Chilwell moved to Chelsea in the summer, so their back line. And also, Casper Schmeichel is a, a yeah, little bit of a doubt, but he. I way, saw that. Y'all know who their backup is, right? Oh Darryl yeah, Ward. Danny Ward. Ward. Oh yeah, that's right. That ex Liverpool would be mm -hmm. a very typical backup <laughs> goalkeeper at Anfield type of thing that used to happen in the old Liverpool days. Uh, so, but that we're in a new era, baby. We don't have to think about those right, type right, of things right. anymore. Even though I just put it in the universe, but. Brendan Rodgers can put a game plan together. Um, granted, I don't – if Jamie Vardy wasn't away on international break and they had two weeks to plot and scheme how to get at our back line, that frightened me. frightens me a little bit. The stat going around is that only two other players have scored more goals against us in the Premier League, and they're Terry Henry and – I can't remember the other one. but it, Oh, Alan Shearer, I think it was. Um, you know, he's, he's a very good striker. He gives us lots of problems. And Brendan Rodgers is clever enough to cook something up. So, I mean – 
it is top of the table. It's a well-deserved top of the table. They were very unlucky not to finish top four last season. Uh, they got pillaged again and are still performing. So quite obviously, Brendan Rodgers is a decent manager. Um, remember where he took them over at? They were down towards the bottom, right? Um, and he has them now pushing for <laughs> a title race, possibly. Um, and it'll be interesting because I, I, Andrew says that he thinks he should swallow his ego and take a point. I think this is a free hit. You know, you're going into a stadium. Oh, come on. For Brendan Rodgers. I'm going to speak positive about our team. Well, for Brent, one for, second. Bre- for Brendan Rodgers, it's a free hit because yeah. if no, you lose at Anfield, go- if you lose at Anfield, it doesn't matter. Who Everyone cares? loses at Anfield. Oh, yeah, but that's the point. That's why he needs that point. No, that's why it's a free hit because scare everyone, money don't make no money, Andrew. Everyone, Come on. Everyone loses at Anfield. What is the what is the consequence? Well, you got to cuz I think if you get that point at Anfield that like long term brings a confidence to them going forward for the, throughout the rest of the season and also into that campaign. You're playing this, for a moral this, victory if you're Brendan Rodgers. No, 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 cuz you you know this this run of fixtures, right? Whereas like if you come at us, if if Brendan comes at us, you you risk losing 3-0. You list, this is your you risk problem, losing four one. That's how this, football this, is. No, no, this is your problem in life. This is this is what this is an Andrew thing. Yeah, like, no, <laughs> no, take your shot, this homie. Is, yes. you, Listen, no, this man, is how shot. we win. This is this. No, this is how you win. You go win and the you game and win. Even and if, because even saying, if even if they lose. like think about what happens if they draw. Think about what happens if they win. Yeah, but they won't. That turns everything on its head. Okay, but it's their best chance to win at Anfield that they'll ever get. Probably. This is their best chance to win at Anfield they ever get. And if they lose, they don't get any like they don't get shit on. They Liverpool just gets credit, and rightfully so. And that's the best team in the world that you lost to at their own patch. And everyone's lost to them at their patch in the last four or five years. So, you know, City lost 3-1. Like, who cares if you lose? And you can always go, by the way, didn't have my two best center backs, didn't have my best right back, you know, didn't have my starting goalkeeper. So, I mean, it's a free hit for Brendan Rodgers, in my opinion. You can go out there, you can play football. Does he play all open football, the whole thing? No, I don't think so, because I think his best idea is to hit us on the counter. Probably that space where Trent Alexander-Arnold now no longer is, because that's the space that everyone likes to attack anyways when he is there. And we'll get to see how good Nico Williams actually is going up against Jamie Vardy. But uh, probably not. We'll see. But, you know, I think it's a free hit for for old Brendan Boy. And I, I would be – I think he will take that opportunity because – the risk is the risk is well worth the reward, and the downside of it is that you lose at Liverpool at Anfield. So what's the big shame in that? I think he's going to go there and say for seventy minutes it's a free hit, and then if you're level after seventy, then yeah, shut up shop, mm-hmm. just get the point. But it's what he did last year, right? Yeah, it's just, it's the same thing. I mean, and he like you said, he's a smart, he's a good manager. He's very underrated. He's a good tactical manager. He'll have a plan. He'll have a squad, even with as depleted as they are. You know, they're not – this isn't a bullshit squad. They have a, enough depth to, to play this game at a high level. I expect, you know, they're going to come and they're going to throw something at us for at least an hour, an hour and ten minutes, and then they'll see where they are. And if they're not leading or with a draw, then, you know, they'll have to, they'll just have to turn it loose. But if they've got a lead or if they are – holding on to a draw then i expect them to be a little bit conservative at that point i'll get i'll get crazy here and say given that both teams have lots of missing people at the back line this is going to be like four three 
or three two. Like it's just gonna it be shocking. One team goes up one end scores, the other team goes up the other end scores. Because <laughs> you know, James Madison, Jamie Vardy, uh, who's the kid on the wing that they have? I forget his Harvey Barnes. Like they have Barnes. they have they have players going forward yeah. that are decent. Uh Yosi Perez every so often decides that he's a decent player. Ian Nacho, even though I hate him to this day for missing the one-on-one chance against City, uh, you know. He's decent enough, you know. They they have the all their attacking players are healthy, <laughs> just yeah. like us, except for Mo. You know, we have the attacking options there, so I actually expect it to be pretty open and who, entertaining. Who, the kid who always puts in a dirty tackle. They've got him too. <laughs> so, the kid with the the big hair. Oh, man, oh I can't remember his oh, name. Oh, Chat Chudry Chudry Chowdry Yeah, Chowdry. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Clamp, they're gonna have players. Chowder. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, they, they might have Yuri Tillemans at center back, but you know they're going to try to play. They're, they're, they absolutely should. That's well, the next still guy. Johnny that's Evans healthy. So yeah. I thought he was hurt. Okay, well, my in my injury list is not as accurate. <laughs> he has Johnny Evans at least. <laughs> All right, but at least for the three of us, we're going with the Herm Edwards approach. You play to win the game. Yeah, Hello, I think he, he goes for it. He has to go for yeah. it. Like because there's nothing to lose if you like. I, I get Andrew's thinking. Like there's definitely a, a manager. Sure. Uh, in a different universe, it's like, nope, we'll go there, we'll get a point, and that's all I want. Burnley to do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Brighton? Yeah. But if you're lesser top of the table, and like, I was looking, the worst thing that could happen to them if they lose is they drop down to sixth, right? And they would be behind us, top of the table, on 20 points, right? So they'd be two points back. And like, this season's crazy. People are dropping points left and right. That gap's not significant at this point in time. So even if you go back, drop down to sixth, like, it's not a big deal. But that would require everyone below you to win their matches, which I don't even know if that's possible or not. All right. Well, Liverpool and Leicester, it's going to be an entertaining one. Um, Hopefully for us, it's going to be entertaining as well. Certainly for the neutrals. We'll see how it goes. All right. Well, Andrew, we're going to give you the first shout. What are you thinking for a score prediction? Oh, God. I I don't know. I, 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 I And I honestly don't give a fuck. I, I really don't. I, at this point, I don't. I don't take. care. This year is so uncertain. All right, let's put it this um, way. I'm going to give you ten dollars to put a bet on a score line, just for fun. What are you? What score line would you put you a ten dollar okay. bet on? Okay. Okay. What am I betting on? Yeah. I give you ten dollars. Okay. Like, hey, just go bet on a score line. Like, I'll you know, three one. I'll Liverpool? go through one. Okay, I like it. Yeah. I can see it. After trying one. to play conservatively and not get blown out of the yeah, because he's going. <laughs> You it's just going said it was to be, gonna be a one. crap nil nil. Now he's like three one Liverpool. No, I'm not saying it's going to be. I, guys, oh, no, I feel like ahead, my ahead, communication skills are not that great. Miss, no, that could be. I'm not saying he plays for a draw. Honest. That doesn't mean he parks the bus. Sure. Come on now. Sure, sure, sure. We got you. We got you. Okay, but you're thinking. But, um, that's what you're thinking. Liverpool to kind of go. Yeah, but at this point, I don't even. I don't even know where the three goals come from. Wait, who plays? Jota, Jota, Jota and Mane are gonna score three between Jota. them. Yeah, that were hey, Jota's gonna score a hat trick, baby. He's on he's yeah, on pace for forty it. goals. Like I said, you heard Saga it here with two first. I like it. It's gonna be a crap goal in there somewhere. Firmino hat trick. There you go. Firmino yeah. hat trick like, <laughs> with COVID. Yeah. Yes, with, COVID. with a mask on. Yeah, he, he plays the whole ninety with the mask on. Yeah. Oh God, okay. Jordan, what are you thinking? Yeah, sport. I mean that'll like be I his said, new celebration. No, yeah, I was gonna say like he can he goes have the ball. Mask. <laughs> <laughs> he does this, just you know, whatever. But man, uh, I would love, I would love Bobby to score a brace because 
Well, I mean, he does have a no. thing for scoring against Leicester. Let's not forget that. No, he, but also just because it would shut the fuck up those people that talk about Bobby this, Bobby that, 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 that and he scored on international that, break. Right. So just that tell him he's playing Bobby, for Brazil. You know? He's straight. Yeah, and, but my point is like I'm tired of those fans. I'm. It's like those fans about like I. Oh, Jordan Henderson, this and that. It's like, bitch, you don't understand football. Yeah. Come on now. Um, so, so just shut those people up, you know, a little bit. Conversation, I, 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 but you know, sure. I need I need Bobby to score a little bit. He scored in the international break, and he looked yeah. like it was like a relief to him. So I think he'll. I, there's a sh- if that's a that's a tenor that you could lay down. Bobby anytime score, um, it might be good because he does score against Leicester. But like I said earlier, I gamble think responsibly, everyone. It will be. It'll be. Yeah, don't take my betting tip seriously. I think it'll be. Uh, very open because, like I said, both teams are. I can't know, deplete- do a four-three, Jordan. Depleted at the back. I can't take that. Listen, shit. both teams are depleted at the back, and both teams have enough attacking power to give the other team more trouble than is necessary. And the midfields are, you know, properly put together. Like Tillman's is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's substance to going forward, and there's there's questions at the back for both teams. So that should mean four-three. I'll say four-three just for fun. Because I think it would be just a fun time to win four three, but you know it is after an international break and everyone's knackered, so it'll probably be one nil. And I'll say that we'll win because I just I can't see the the Anfield streak ending against Brendan Rodgers. That just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's illegal. Yeah. What about you, David? David, I think it's tempting to think that it's going to be wide open. So for that reason, it's going to be one nil on an early Joel Matip header, yeah. and by the. 70th minute, the, everybody in midfield's riding around on jazzy scooters. <laughs> and that's it. Like, it's just, <laughs> we finished seven. We finished 77. David Coote is volunteering yeah. to play. By midfield. the way, <laughs> what a fucking piss take that the Premier League has put that fucking, and I'll say it, fucking. Well, no, they got removed. He oh, was he taken off from VAR responsibility. Yeah, he got taken off VAR responsibility because he's been so. <laughs> Wait, he got God. He was put on the same dude that was on the Everton game. He was put on our game, and then I guess we made enough of a fucking ruckus about it. (laughs) It's Andre Mariner now. FA was like, oh, "Oh, wait, that is true. We did let him get just let Everton get away with injuring their best defender and then doing the same thing uh, to Tiago. And then we took away their winning goal in a Merseyside Derby. Yeah, let's not let that guy touch the game. (laughs) Wow. It, this story reminds narrow, me of that Sonic movie where the fans bitched about it and they changed the design of the character. Yeah, man. Hey, guys. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it does, like, work. does some good, I guess. Sometimes trolling works, okay? Point yeah. one for the internet trolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you, David. That's why I, I, I ended mine with the caveat of, like, it should be open, but it's after an international break, so it'll be 1-0, and everyone will be and, crawling around. And you saw how tired everyone was when we went into international break, the second half of that City game. I just feel like it's going to be kind of the same thing. Like everybody's going to run out of gas at a certain point. So I think it'll be open for a little bit, but you know, yeah. we'll, we'll pull ahead and then eventually everyone's just going to run out of yeah. steam on the same level. A talent ought to be played on PS five in the midweek. Darius, what's your prediction? <laughs> I have faith. I'm thinking it's going to be an open game, fast break football. Give me four to Liverpool, but it's going to be kind of hairy. Maybe a goal at the end to be like, okay, we're good. But it's it's not going to be comfortable. Better buckle up your butts, guys. <laughs> All like, right, guys. I like how usually Andrew's the one that's like, I don't know. And then we all pick tight games in the end. And, and Andrew was like, 3-1. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> yeah, let's get it. Andrew was good. I, I don't want anxiety, Jordan. I want my anxiety to be killed right I now. I understand. I understand. <laughs> all, right. all right, guys. It's been a fun one. Well, we've got to wrap up. But 
hopefully this Liverpool Leicester game doesn't give us more antacid and oh, get us all anxious and everything. Hopefully it's a fun one. Well, I'm Darius. I'm Jordan. I'm David. I'm Andrew. And that was perfect, guys. Let's go. Up the fucking boys in the red. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) 